Welcome back, or welcome to the Strider's Girl Podcast with your host, me, Nate Reich. Jumpstart Season 2, former USC Trojan Aaron Brown joins the podcast. Aaron is a ferocious competitor on the track, but his performances aren't the only space he finds success. Aaron has a thriving YouTube channel and is continually inspiring the next generation of athletes. The younger athletes, Aaron shows a great mixture of humility, leadership, authenticity, and character. So take notes. Without further ado, my conversation with Aaron Kingsley Brown. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. Any, anytime. Absolutely. And so if you don't mind, let's, let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved in track? And did that love come at first or did that kind of evolve uh, after time? Yeah, so taking it back, um, it started when I was younger, maybe middle school. Um, you know, I always just ran just because I was fast and I wanted to burn off some energy. My parents just wanted me to go out there and run around. So you know, I was just doing it for fun because, you know, everybody else in the class was doing it. And I didn't know I was fast until uh, one of the gym teachers came up to me. I'm not sure what grade it was. I can't remember. But um, we had this big run where we're outside in the field, the soccer fields, and then we all just ran. And I, like, cleared everybody by a lot. And then it was grade by grade. So uh, when I beat everybody, they started putting me against the older kids. And then they started giving them leads to see if I could run them down. And I just kept winning and winning. And they said, oh, man, you have to come and run track. So I'm like, okay, I run track. Um, and, you know, I won some ribbons and all that stuff. But it was, you know, it was just fun. Like, I didn't think I was, like, anything special. Um, but fast forward into high school, um, when I met Bill Stevens, my, my club coach, and the reason why I'm in the position I'm in today, um, he noticed me. He, saw, he said that, you know, I could have a future in this if I take it seriously, if I come train and come out to his club. You know, I was skeptical at first because I'm like, you know, the summer times when I hang out with the boys and all that, I don't really want to give that up. But he, he was willing to pay for me. So I'm like, all right, if he really wants to be that bad, I'll give it a chance. And, you know, that's when I, um, that was after I won OFSA in uh, grade 10. I won the one, two, and uh, senior four by one. They, they bumped me up to that team. And then uh, I took my time down from 10-9 and 10-7 when I, join the club. So I was like, all right, I might actually be pretty good. And then, you know, the following year I went to world youth, I got silver. That's where I got scouted for the NCAAs. Um, I ended up accepting a scholarship to uh, USC. Uh, was all American there uh, eight times and then got recruited with Nike, which is where I'm at now. Came down to uh, my base in Orlando, which, well, Claremont, but uh, the main major city is Orlando. And um, yeah, I've just been here ever since. Yeah, I'm a big USC Trojans fan, so it was uh, it was really cool to see you there. My stepdad uh, 
went to the Caldwell Series with USC in 96. So, you know, always been a huge fan. How was that transition for you? Because uh, growing up in Toronto, obviously it's a pretty big city, but, you know, L.A. is an even bigger city. I can see those similarities, but uh, how was that transition for you? Man, it was a new country, so there was a lot of different uh, just cultural things that I had to adapt to. Um, you know, nothing, nothing major where I was like a fish out of water. You know, I'm still coming from Canada in, in Toronto being a big major city. It wasn't too much of a culture shock. So, um, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to LA because it was pretty similar to Toronto. Um, but just that whole West coast vibe and, you know, being in the States and having <laughs> the sun out year round was, was something new. Um, I'm in college, you know, I'm a freshman. So there's that aspect of, you know, the typical American experience at a big college. Um, it's definitely a really fun year, probably one of the most fun years I've had in my life, my freshman year, but a lot of lessons learned in terms of how to be professional and perform. Um, yeah, I definitely, you know, didn't get it done my first year, but um, had a lot of fun. So yeah, not a lot of regrets there. <laughs> yeah, no, awesome. And then, like you mentioned, you're a member of the uh, the Star Athletics Track Club. Um, and how is that having Dennis Mitchell and uh, Justin Gatlin as one of your teammates? And they've been through everything uh you know i really started following it because dennis was on the same 96 team as my dad um and so uh yeah how is that having those kind of elder statement kind of uh help you throughout throughout your career yeah um having someone there that i can look up to in terms of how i'm trying to execute my race patterns and, and you know succeed at the highest level has made a lot of uh, important strides for me in my career. Um, you know, starting from Dennis, he's went from all the stuff, ups and downs in his career, and then transitioned to a coach um, where he's used his experience as an athlete, uh, at a high-level athlete, to excel as a coach. Um, he's very relatable in terms of when he's breaking down what he wants to do technique-wise. Um, and then having Justin there, he's been there with Dennis for so long that Dennis can use him as like his, his guide. Like he's almost as like his blow up doll where he says, all right, I want you to do this out of the blocks and Justin's going to perform it. And then we just look at Justin, see how he does it. Cause he's mastered and, um, got so many reps out of what, what Dennis is trying to get us to do that we were able to just look at him. Okay. That's how you do it. Ask him questions. How does it feel? Um, and so having them to, you know, it, it's been it's been definitely helpful. Um, at first it was a challenge, just like anything else. You know, I'm always used to being the fastest guy in the group. Coming to this group, I was like probably the sixth fastest. And that was a bit of an ego, bo uh, ego sh uh, shot to me, yeah. to say. Um, but over the years, I've, I've had a challenge and, and um, climbed year by year, you know, getting faster in the group, having everyone around me push me and having that high intensity practice um, environment has definitely helped me get better because you don't want to get out there and that be the first time you're exposed to high level competition. You know, every day in practice, we're pushing each other to be, to be the best because we all have similar goals and we all want to excel. Um, so we create that environment to push each other so that we can replicate what it's going to be like when we get out there. And that's been something that's been uh, helping me over the years. Yeah, definitely. And to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, in the Paralympics, we've really been trying to bring this high performance culture and this mentality of that what does your performance mindset uh look like has it developed over time or is it something that that you write down or, or you work with your coach with or is it more uh more uh, eternal thing um i'd say 
you know, it's definitely something I work with my coach and it's also an internal thing. Like everybody has their own buttons that's going to push each, each person to get the best out of their talent. Um, so you talk to your coach, you kind of let them know where you're at, you let them know your goals and they say, okay, I'm going to put together a plan to help you reach those. And, um, what the coach, their skill is to find what's going to be that right thing to get you to do exactly what they want you to do. And for some people, it might be getting hype and getting in your face and being like, Hey, come on, like we got to do this and whatever. We got to conquer it. For other people, it might be staying calm, you know, not getting too caught up in the moment, not being too emotional and just like leveling with them being like, Hey, you know, I need you to do this and go out there and execute this. And, um, it's kind of finding that balance and having that relationship over the years with your coach and developing what it exactly it is you need for him to do for you to be your best on that day. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think one quote that I heard in, in one of your videos that kind of uh, jumped out at me is you'll, you'll jump when you aren't afraid to drown. Uh, do you still use that quote, uh, daily or is it, or is that something that you pull on from uh, time to time? Yeah. I mean, I got that. Uh, I think I got that from Gary V actually. He's like a motivational speaker. Yeah. Love me some Gary. But, um, basically what he was trying to say was like, when you're no longer fearing what can go wrong, you're going to go and take those chances and put yourself out there. And when you give yourself the chance to be great and to go out there and achieve something, that's when the magic happens. And until that point, if you're always afraid of, oh, if I jump in the pool, I might drown or whatever, thinking about what can go wrong, you're in a mentally limiting space and you're not going to be as aggressive. You're not going to uh, put yourself in those positions where you need to be in order to be successful because, you know, it, it is vulnerable to try and put yourself out there to reach lofty goals, but you kind of have to put yourself in an uncomfortable environment in order to achieve that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And kind of, I look at high performance like a painter's palette. You need these certain palettes to pull on and tug on during certain, uh, certain times. And I think mindfulness has been kind of a big thing that has really come to the forefront. Do you have a practice or is that something that you use, uh, for big races? Um, I don't really have a practice. I just kind of absorb things around me. I'm a guy that likes to listen and learn from those who are better than me, who, who I've strived to be like, you know, people who have been successful in the world. I kind of just like to listen and absorb their tidbits that they like to give out and say, Hey, this is what I went through. This is what I experienced. This is how I overcame it. This is how I was able to rise up. And I just take bits and pieces and try to apply it to myself. So, um, I don't have any specific, you know, practice that I follow, but, uh, I'm always paying attention and listening whenever people want to give me advice. You know, last on the kind of high performance, how do you set goals? You know, is it more a specific thing? Like I want to run nine, eight, or is it more of a, more of a, more of a loose goal? Cause like, I understand that uh, as athletes, we want everything so fast, but it's such a process as you've highlighted in many of your videos. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. You know, I think it's important to have that overarching goal that you're like eventually trying to work towards and then work backwards from that. So for me, it's always been to be on the podium in an individual event at the Olympics. And so with that in mind, you know, let's say 2017, the goal was, okay, how do I get myself in that position to give myself the best opportunity to do that? Um, so that meant to me, okay, in order to get a medal, you must first be in the finals. So I had to first make a 
World Championship final, um, which is what I was able to do in 2019. I had an opportunity to medal there, but, you know, fell a little short of that, but didn't get discouraged because my ultimate goal is to still be on the podium at the Olympics. And in terms of stepping stones towards getting there, I was successful. So um, I think a lot of people get caught up in wanting it overnight, wanting it right away. And they see one person do it and they think everybody should be like that. And they discourage themselves and then they no longer want to chase the goal anymore because they're like, hey, I saw him get it overnight and I didn't get it overnight. Uh, I'm going to give up. This is hard. I don't like this anymore. I thought it was going to be easier. But if you say, okay, I might not have been where I ultimately want to go, but I made steps towards it and, you know, I climbed up the mountain a little bit, you know, you're on the right path. And that's just something that you need to internalize and realize yourself. What is it that you're chasing? And don't let external people's opinions or or, uh, predictions of how far you're going to get dictate where it is internally, where you think you can go. You know, you have to be honest with yourself, honest with where you're at, honest with the work that needs to be done in order to get there. And also confident that, you know, despite not being able to get it overnight, you still have an ability to go out there and do it over time. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as you know, with the good comes the bad. Um, how do you approach failure? Um, do you see as it, as it cultivates you or is it something that kind of gets you down and, and it's more of a process to kind of dig yourself out of that? I think, see, I, I look at failure as lessons and, you know, there's the old, you never really lose if you learn something, you either win or you learn. Um, I like to use that all the time, you know, like there's always a lesson to be learned in every scenario. So whether you just straight up didn't show up, whether you were scared, whether you just had better competition, there's always something that you can learn and say, okay, I wasn't good enough today. What is it going to take for me to be good enough the next opportunity? And anytime I've fallen short of goals, I always look at that as an opportunity to learn and grow for the, for the next opportunity. And a lot of people get caught up in, like I said, the overnight stuff. And if they see one setback, they you know, get flustered, they can't recover, they're mentally shot. They, they, they look at it and they put too much stress on that one failure. And it's hard not to because it feels like you know, when you mess up that you're never going to recover and everybody's laughing at your failures and, and you know, it's just the end of the world. And you know, we get melodramatic as, as athletes because you know, we work so hard that we want, like, we want to reap our rewards. But um, failure is not something to fear. You know, like everybody at some point is going to fall short of what they thought they were going to do. Nobody has a perfect career even the, the greatest of all time. But what separates those from who go on to succeed after their failures and those who can never recover is your mentality and how you look at it. And if you look at it as an opportunity to grow and get better, then you didn't really fail in the end. It's just part of your story, and part of your journey to get to a higher level. Yeah, do you, do you use that learning as kind of your anchor during those tough times? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I always look back to the things that I've experienced in my career, you know, whether it's the highs or the lows. And I say, you know, you've been through this similar situation, you can overcome this and you can get better. And remember the lesson you learned when you did this or when you made this mistake or when you lost this race or when you screwed this up. Um, Don't do that again. This is what we learned. Uh, We know exactly what we're not supposed to do or what we're supposed to do. So I use those experiences every time as reminders and um, things that I can draw back on in order to be successful in the future. 
Yeah, it's funny sometimes how like hindsight is so crazy. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if you finish last in a final, it's like so devastating. But then it ends up helping you down the line. Like I always say, getting paralyzed when I was ten years old is the best thing that's ever ever happened to me. And then during that time, you're like, this sucks. And yeah. it's just funny how that can pay dividends down the road. Exactly. Exactly. It's all about how you look at things. That's that's kind of a life lesson um, just beyond sports. Definitely. And then now, of course, we got to talk about your YouTube channel. Um, it's definitely yeah. one of my favorite things. If I'm a, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a little bit down, go and uh, go and click on there. And um, what is your motivation for that? And it really seems like youth and younger athletes um, are something that you're really interested in just helping them and, and helping them gain knowledge. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I've had so many people look out for me over my career and I've been fortunate to be you know, in connection with so many great people who've given me such great advice that I feel almost obligated to pay it forward and to pass it down to the next generation. And so one of the things I want to do with my channel is uh, kind of mentorship at scale. You know, I could talk to people one-on-one and whenever people message me, I always try to message back as much as I can, but I can affect and reach so much more people if I just make a video and put it out for everybody to see. And if people hit me up and say, hey, um, you know, can you give me some training tips for uh, someone who's just starting on track? Now I have a video with six tips that I always send to people and be like, hey, you know, uh, check this out and get back to me after that. And sometimes it answers what they're looking for. And if not, then I can specifically talk to them um, one on one. But um, overall with the channel, you know, it's been uh, very, very helpful for me to help a lot of other people, which is something I ultimately want to do. And definitely want to do even more going forward. Yeah, no, no, I, I think it's really cool too because you get to show your creativity, which you know we don't always get to show within sport. Is that is that something you enjoy doing? Yep. So I would the main three things I want to do with the channel is to entertain, educate, and inspire. So I touched on the education part where I can give life lessons back or advice that I've learned over the years through my experiences. Um, but like you said, the creativity part, I think that's one of the most fun parts of the channel is that you get to control everything. So it's almost like you're creating television, which is what I love. Um, you know, I, whether it's a skit or, or like a motivational video or just like straight up talking about my experiences, I can control, you know, the soundtrack that's there, you know, the edits that go into it, um, the visuals that we're showing. It's, it's really fun if you're a creative person, you, you got so much control over everything that you're creating. Yeah, no, and it's really cool to see how much of an impact athletes can make. I remember Justin Gatlin spoke to my brother's school, and yeah. and he Justin talked about how healthy he he eats. And now my brother will not eat any processed food. It's really cool to see, you know, my brother how much impacted he was from Justin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it could be very little that you say to someone. You never know how it's going to impact them. And um, I always try my best to, you know, pay it for, like I said, and, and, and influence anybody that I can and anybody that messages me or reaches out that says they, they appreciate what I do. I always appreciate them back and, and try to take a couple minutes to help them out. So, um, you know, just seeing how uh, the little things give back and, and influence people's lives. is just it's just remarkable. Yeah, definitely. And so now I have some rapid fire questions. Um, some sports and of course we have to talk shoes a little bit um so uh lebron or kobe lebron rest in peace kobe um i respect the hell out of him 
you know, I was growing up, I was always team LeBron have been since 2003, since he came in the league. And, uh, by virtue back then, you know, it was always LeBron or Kobe. So back then I kind of hated Kobe, but as I, um, grew up and, and appreciated his career, looked back and especially him after he finished yeah. playing basketball, I started to really, really appreciate him as a, as a human being. Um, so shout out to Kobe, but you know, it's team LeBron around here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Jordan three true blue colorway or city of flight Jordan one. It's a tough one. I know. <laughs> uh, city of flight. Yeah. Okay. It's a tough one. I love the true blues, but the one is yeah. my favorite too. So gotcha. Awesome. Uh, go to Nike running shoe. Uh, the Epic react. Yeah. That's a nice one. Um, all-time favorite raps player. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna go with Kyle Lowry. Oh, of course, OG. Um, favorite Drake album. Oh, damn, that's a tough one. <sighs> Nothing was the same. And then since now, you know, we're all bogged in with COVID and we can't really go anywhere. What's your favorite de- favorite destination or somewhere that you really want to go when COVID's done? Um, so I'm going to say Greece because that's where me and my wife are going for our honeymoon. Um, we have to push it back because of COVID. So yeah. I'm going to say that's the one that I'm looking forward to going. But also Hawaii, that's another place I want to go. Awesome. And I have three last questions. First, I got to ask about the finals. Um, how was, uh, I assume you're going for, going for LA um, with uh, LeBron being, uh, being one of your faves. How was that, uh, that closeout game for you? You know, I would have liked if they could have won in game five. It just felt like it was more, more meaningful, more impactful. Um, you know, they wore the Mamba jerseys. They, it was a tight game, you know, it was, it was back and forth. It was very entertaining. Um, but, you know, a ring's a ring. You get your championships when they come. Uh, shout out to the Miami Heat. They, they put up a good uh, fight. But uh, just seeing LeBron get his fourth ring, I love it, man. LeBron's been someone I've looked up to for so long. And to watch his journey, his up and downs, that's always inspired me whenever I get um, low and have – failures and setbacks and stuff you know I always look to my idols and stuff that people I look up to I see LeBron and all the stuff he's faced and all the criticism he gets that comes his way even if it's fair or unfair how he deals with it and still continues to you know defy the haters and all that stuff Um, that's definitely something that inspires me every day so seeing him win I feel like I'm winning (laughs) (laughs) I love it love it Um, and where can everyone find you what are your IG handles what's your uh, YouTube channel called yeah, uh, YouTube, Aaron Kingsley Brown. Um, you can type that in, Kingsley TV, but Aaron Kingsley Brown's a channel name. Um, IG, Twitter, same thing, Kingsley SC, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-S-C. And Facebook is Kingsley with a nine instead of a G. Awesome. And lastly, I asked all of my uh, podcast guests this, what do you want your impact to be on the world? Ooh. Um, I think just, you know, I want my legacy to be that I maximized every little bit of my potential and wherever that takes me, however high I reach, you know, I just want to be able to say that I was 
I took full advantage of the opportunities that were given to me. And I also was able to give back and to leverage what I learned to help other people. Um, you know, what I'm doing with my YouTube channel, I have big, big goals for the future, you know, whether it's in a couple of years or when I'm retired for expanding that and, and just the whole initiative of giving back and helping people. Um, I definitely want to expand on that. Um, right now I'm fully locked into trying to be the best athlete I can, but you know, I'm doing things here and there outside, but, um, ultimately my legacy on giving back to the world is just, you know, leveraging everything I've learned, um, any successes I was able to amass. I want people to, um, learn from it, be better than me, use my life lessons to, uh, not have those same downfalls in their own career and their own journeys. Um, and then ultimately, you know, create a better world that, than the one that I uh, came into experience. check out his YouTube channel, Kingsley TV. I would really appreciate if you leave a five-star review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when the new pods come out. I'm currently working on bringing the Shrodger's Great World podcast to YouTube. Stay tuned for that, and next Monday will be the first episode. Thanks for listening to the Strides with Great Wolf podcast.